Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. If you are new to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so that you can be aware of new episodes. I also invite you to visit adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com, where I share a lot of free resources for self-healing and healing, and you can take a free quiz to find out what your energetic wounds are and how they may show up in your life. Discovering what your wounds are is the first step in healing them. I hope you enjoy this episode. There is one more thing I would like to share with you before you listen to this episode. I created a wonderful container to help you heal your energetic wounds and activate the infinite light and potential of your inner children. It is a crystal energy healing membership called Chakra Bliss Vault. Every month you will receive three new crystal healing sessions. Plus, you'll immediately have access to my entire energy healing recording library when you sign up. The membership is really affordable and will continue to be so. You can find out more about it at adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com. I invite you to make healing your energetic wounds and connecting with your inner children a priority and invest in your well-being by becoming a Chakra Bliss Vault member. Hello everyone, this is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om, and I have with me the beautiful, the lovely, the amazing Jennifer Cahill. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Damla. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Yes. Um, Jennifer is an evolutionary leader, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and TV host. She has hosted popular popular shows with Dr. Deepak Chopra, Dr. Roland McCready, Dr. Dane here. She sold her first company in 2018 and co-founded a new company called omheals.com, which we're going to talk about. She also co-created Vocal Mastery for Leaders with celebrity vocal coach Arthur Samuel Joseph. When she's not hosting or speaking, she loves to give back and has built two schools in third world countries. Welcome, welcome, Jennifer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again. It's 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 a wonderful to be here with you and your audience. Yes. As I was telling you earlier, there's I've started to do I used to keep the introduction more brief but I started to read the fuller bios. I think there's something energetic with that. That happens, the audience gets to sort of start to, our listeners start to get a taste of your energy <laughs> in <laughs> sense without all the different, I mean, you're so much more than that, of course, 
but to to get a sense of you and your energy. With that said, I want to hear it from you. I want to hear your story of how your path has led to this point in your life and to do what you do now. Yes, thank you so much, Damla. So it's a funny story. I am a recovering jerk. <laughs> I say that because people look at me now and they say, oh, you know, you do interviews with Deepak Chopra and you help people and build schools. Therefore, you've always been this way. Mm, no, <laughs> I, I was very unhappy. In fact, I don't talk about it, though. It's come up in a lot of interviews recently. I was actually bulimic from 15 to 25 years old and suicidal. I had three failed suicide attempts and I just didn't love myself. I didn't even like myself, <laughs> you know, if I'm being very honest and I can laugh about it in retrospect because I can appreciate how far I've come on this 20, 30 year journey that I've been on. And it makes me appreciate and value every single moment to be able to live in a state of joyful bliss where you might have moments of anger or sadness or fear or grief. And yet, you know, at your core, who you are is whole, complete and perfect. And that really is my wish and dream for every human being on this planet. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I hear what you're saying, the recovering part, I, I identify with it as well. I mean, I was just thinking today of, you know, some of the unfortunate things like getting uh, angry at a barista or, or a few things like that, that now I know at the time when those things happened that I was harsh with others, um, I know I was not fully resourced myself within. And that is, yes. <laughs> So that is my current practice of continually getting to a resourced, sourced, full place. And I, I truly believe, and that's where we can shine within our lives and and easier, form easier connections with others. Which brings me to, I mean, from what I gather with you, my connection with you, um, a, a common friend of us introduced you to me and I love it. Um, but I I find you to be one of those people who is a wonderful um, people connector. Yeah. <laughs> does that resonate with you? What does that mean to you when I say people connector? How does it show up in your life? Thank you. First, thank you. <laughs> it is one of my passions since I was very young. Is I love to host parties. I love to connect people every other year. I think it started in my early 20s. In lieu of throwing a birthday party, I would throw these big parties for charity. And my favorite thing in the world is to see relationships blossom. I, I will always remember two of my best girlfriends who didn't know each other. And I double booked myself on a Sunday for brunch. And there's that moment, Damla, where you're like, oh God, do I cancel on one of them? Do I invite them both and hope for the best? And they are now the bestest of friends. And it's just so wonderful to watch people grow and develop in that way. Yeah, that's beautiful. And not only that, I see you, um, I, I, I feel you're one too, but I see you connecting with and connecting other global thought leaders. Um, how, how does it happen? So do you have sort of this... Do you have a felt sense of, oh, this person would be great to talk to this person? Like, is there a body or intuitive process involved? Or is it just, it comes out of you? 
It's an and both. I like to look at everything in life as instead of either or, it's always and both. So I discovered this gift when I was very, very young. I started off in recruiting. That was the first company that I built and sold. And I would just organically be able to meet person A and meet person B and almost feel the energy of how they would connect. And that's actually what led to us birthing om-heals.com is that when my original co-founder Moon Cho approached me, she said, Jen, I have this dream of matching people with holistic practitioners, mentors, coaches, uh, energy medicine people around the world. And so she and myself and my other co-founder, Julian Adler, who was my business coach that was extraordinary and instrumental in helping me build and sell the last company, we came together and for about eight to nine months, we developed a mathematical formula that would mirror my intuitive process. And so now anybody can go to om-heals.com and actually you can go to om.app as well, which is the business to business side of things. So om-heals matches people with practitioners that we recently rolled out a division, a SaaS solution where dentists, doctors, traditional therapists, a whole variety of people can go online and access this algorithm and use it. I remember I was speaking to an investor several months ago and he said, you know, Jennifer, I love what you're doing with Om Heels and the energy medicine place. He said, for me though, I am traumatized every time I go to a dentist because I'm very, very, it's painful, it's scary for me and I never can find a compassionate enough dentist. Could your algo solve that problem for us? And I said, absolutely. It's one of the things that we solve. And that's what led to us developing the SaaS solution in addition to what we've been doing with Om Heals. As you're talking about that, what I am hearing is this element of um, this underlying intention of service in the world in almost all that you do, like people connecting as a service like creating this business that connects people to energy healers, home heals as a service and connecting business provider and connection and service together. Um, how do you see being of service as part of your, what you do now and who you are now? And was it always that way? Wow, it's funny. I wasn't expecting this, but I, I'm tearing up right now because when I was 16 years old, Damla, I was heading back from a friend's house. I had dropped her off and I actually, and it's funny for years, God forbid if my parents are listening to this episode, but I'm going to come out of the closet now and share this live. I had always told people I was run off by the drunk, uh, run off the road by a drunk driver. But in reality, I was the drunk driver. I had been stealing vodka. I was in such a dark place. I think I was 16 years old and uh, my dad was a firefighter. And he had, uh, he serviced so many people and he had vodka hidden, you know, in one cabinet. And so my girlfriend and I, you know, you're 16 years old, you dig in your parents' a liquor cabinet and we have some vodka and I take her back to her house. Well, that night as I was driving back, you know how it is sometimes vodka takes a little while to hit you and I'm driving on these super windy streets, less than two miles probably from where my parents lived. And my car went flying off the side of a cliff and I wound up hanging upside down over a ravine held by just a few trees. And thank God, you know, fire department so forth got called. Though I will tell you, Damla, that I climbed up the ravine completely unscathed, completely unscathed. And, and again, retrospectively, it might've done me some good to have gotten in trouble for that many years ago. 
uh, but at the time, nobody knew I had been drinking. I just said, oh, you know, somebody swerved into my side and I went off the side of the cliff and I made a vow, you know, when I lived through that and through the three suicide attempts, it's like, why am I still here? Why? There are so many beautiful souls, young children, wonderful, incredible people who deserve to be here so much more than me. So how can I make this time worth it? Mm, thank you for sharing that. I, I feel that. that. Wasn't <laughs> I feel that. I had some chills as you were sharing that. Um, I mean, I see the the upside down. It's almost like you had to see how upside down you were. And then you needed to pull yourself out of that situation to a new way of standing on earth, almost. It's yeah, it, it was an ugly battle. I mean, I, I like I said, it, I did not, I don't even think I saw myself when I looked in the mirror. All I saw was the dark aspects of myself. And, you know, you're just grasping at light. I don't know if any of you out there are going through this right now, but you get to such a dark place that even just a match would make a difference, even if it only burned for a minute before it hits your fingers. And I was so deep in the dark night of the soul and the darkness that there was no light and I was grasping. And that was really the catalyst for several years of transformation that eventually culminated in me doing a personal development class in my early 20s that then allowed me to begin the the butterfly transformation into this rotting caterpillar into the butterfly. Mm. I hear the intention in that. And I hear that it's been a long transformation, not necessarily overnight, which it is for, for most of us. Um, you talk a little bit about, I mean, one of the things you mentioned when I asked you, what would you like to talk about? You said, not putting pressure on yourself. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that and how sometimes in that process of becoming, we get a little impatient and how, how you choose to be with that? It's a great question. I think as human beings, we have, everybody says this, we become human doings, though it's so much more than that. We, from a very young age, we are taught, as Bruce Lipton always says, you know, up until the age of seven years old, we're in a state of hypnosis. And so you hear, try and do it right, get it right, be perfect. You know, even whether you hear it auditorily or whether you're influenced by the circumstances around you as you grow up. When I was younger, there was this idea that if you're perfect, then things can't go wrong. You know, if you control everything just right, if you get straight A's or if you're say the right thing and don't say the wrong thing and if you're on time if you get it all just right and you're perfect then maybe life will work out and you know it's funny just like today us doing the interview right now there were some snafus as I mentioned I did not know this but in the UAE WhatsApp and Face uh, FaceTime and a few other things are banned here and I'm like oh god we might not be able to do the interview and the old me would have had DEFCON 4 meltdown, right? Like, ah, I'm not going to survive this. And I'll disappoint Dama and I'll disappoint her audience and, and blah, blah, blah. That's really what it is. Wah, wah, wah. When we pause and we give ourselves compassionate, loving kindness, I love to do many different practices. A few of my favorites, aside from the traditional meditation and yoga, are, of course, inner child work 
and inner child work I find really helps us if we give ourselves the loving care that maybe we didn't receive between the ages of one to seven or seven to 14 or whatever the ages might have been. And if we really tap in, we say, I love you, buddy, sweetheart, however you want to address yourself. And you talk to yourself in a loving and kind and respectful way. What that then makes available is space. It's in this spaciousness, this freedom to be that 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 compression, that pressure that we put on ourselves from a very young age and that society and culture and our parents and so on and so forth put on us, when we loosen, when we loosen that pressure valve and we give us ourselves a little more space, when we tell ourselves, I love you, I cherish you, I believe in you, and you give yourself that little extra bit of space to be a human being rather than a human doing. And when you do techniques, I'm a HeartMath certified trainer and coach because I love the folks at HeartMath. I'm grateful to be able to collaborate with them on the Global Coherence Pulse we do every Saturday, third Saturday of every month. When we learn how to build our resiliency in the same way that we have a cell phone, if we don't charge our cell phone, it's going to die at the end of the day, right? And so we have this opportunity and notice I didn't say we need to or we should. That's one of the elements. I created something almost a year ago now called 365 Days of Tips for Living Your Best Life. And I've been sharing different tips of the day. And one of them is heart-focused breathing and knowing that the more we increase our resilience, the less pressure we have. Yeah. Thank you for, for mentioning that. And I'm going to include a link. So in your Instagram page, you share beautiful healing tips every single day. Um, so where this brings me to is, so <laughs> I know in your, in your story, you co-founded several, you know, ent uh, entrepreneurial um, things and you co-created some online experiences and co-hosted certain things. So I'm noticing that co a lot and you seem to be a wonderful, wonderful person at collaborating with other light workers. So can you tell me about that? Because that's something that's been um, incredibly huge in my journey as well as I go into that deeper and deeper what I want to know is like do you have certain criteria like are there any red flags where you would say no not this person or this person yes like I hear and I'm clear with their message and in that collaboration like what are some ground rules or do you sort of let things go as it is or are there boundaries involved so how do you decide how does it go boundaries or not um, how do your collaborations work? Well, uh, I trust in the divine. Actually, one of the tips that of the day that I shared early on is one of my favorite prayers. If you, you can pray to whatever you believe in, source, Gaia, the universe, God, Shiva, whatever you believe in, say this prayer to that, that source energy. And I say this every day. Dear God, angels, masters, guides, ancestors, please remove anything or anyone who is not meant to be in my life and give me the wisdom to know it's happening for my good. 
and everywhere I go down that, I, whether I sit like sitting on one of my recent trips, I was sitting next to a man on a plane. And it was funny because we sit down and it turned out where we were sitting, there were actually extra seats. And so he had asked the stewardess before we started speaking, oh, you know, do you mind if I grab an extra seat? And we wound up talking for the seven hour flight almost the whole time. And he did wind up sitting there. And I was sharing with him that I have the most miraculous, blessed luck of whether I am standing in line at a Starbucks, if I'm on a plane, if I'm invited, just like you have introduced me to beautiful people. When I say beautiful, meaning spiritually, just beautiful souls is what I mean by that connotation. So I don't wanna be mistaken of it being a physicality thing. Because to me, every person is beautiful. I mean, funny, I'm gonna give you a side story on that. I'll never forget years ago, I was recruiting and there was a particular woman um, who was up for a job at one or who I had a client and I wanted to submit this woman for a job. And she wasn't a Barbie doll. She was overweight, wearing moo-moo, had like missing front teeth. I think it was black front teeth and probably wasn't wearing a stitch of makeup when I met her and her hair was frazzled. And I loved her at the soul level. Like I just loved this woman so much. And I remember I called the client because I knew it wouldn't be something easy of, I just said, I said, there's this woman I just met. I think she is extraordinary. I think you are going to love her and she's going to be the best fit. And she's not a Barbie doll. And do you trust me? And the client said, yes. And the woman showed up. And again, if you were to quantify, it was not somebody, you know, you're always told to go in for an interview, looking your best. No, none of that. She just was the best darn person in her industry with a beautiful soul. And they hired her on the spot and she was there for almost 20 years. And so I love stuff like that. So when I say beautiful, I just mean that the most beautiful souls are always introduced to me. And when people move or move on from my life, I trust in the flow. I might sometimes, I might have a little moment or two of resistance, but because I, and I don't like to use the word, but and because I pray and meditate and do heart math every day, what I'm able to do is just let go and surrender and trust. And it's freeing. It's awesome. I don't have to micromanage who's in my life or who's not. I just trust the universe is sorting it out for me. <laughs> That's beautiful. That said, I'm going to come back to my question because I think like collab collaborating co-creating something like a business or an online course or an experience or a retreat that's very that's a very intimate situation um do you have any boundaries in that like you already got connected with the person um is there anything that would make you like get out of that relationship somehow or do you trust that it's there for a reason and then even if it's there for a reason, are there certain things that you're like, okay, like don't call me after 9 p.m. or something like that? Are there any boundaries in that working relationship? That's a great question. And it's so funny. I actually haven't because life flows so seamlessly. Years ago, I used to try and control things. Oh my gosh, Tamla, I was Devil Wears Prada. It was not pretty before when I was early on on my spiritual journey. It was if you were one minute late to a meeting, if you weren't there like on the nose on time, you're out, like peace out. That's how it used to be. I used to be so rigid and inflexible. And I think I told you I was recently at a Deepak Chopra retreat and he was talking about one of the secrets to longevity. And he was saying to be flexible in mind and to be able to be accepting. And it, yes, and so if somebody calls me, like I have a dear friend, love her to pieces, love, 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 love her. We've been friends almost 30 years. And 
she has a proclivity sometimes. She doesn't do it as much now because she knows I just won't answer. But she used to call me between 1 and 3 a.m. And I love her. I love her so much. And then she'd call me and she'd be like, judge bag, girl, I love you. I love you so much. Like the first three times you get the 3 a.m. call, Deepak even brought it up, or Pinacha, his colleague brought it up at this retreat I was at, said, you know, our goal is that you have these people that you could call at 3 a.m. and they would drop everything and be there for you in a moment, like create a community like that, right? Until somebody abuses the privileges and it doesn't <laughs> mean, right? Girl, I love you. I love you so much. I'm like, okay. So now she is no longer on the pass-through list of the, you know, midnight or like 9 p.m. and later calls. It doesn't mean I love her any less. I just take calls at different times from her. I love her with all my heart. And so it's about... It's about loving people and loving yourself and knowing what you need. So if somebody, for example, all of my business colleagues and partners, they show up. If we set up something, people show up and they do it. And if not, I do have uh, something I learned from a brilliant woman named Alison Armstrong, which is a technique she developed called AID, where you go ask, insist, demand, and enforce. You basically increase the pressure and definitely take Alison's classes if you're interested in learning more about it. Though in doing so, people know, A, that they can count on me and I'll communicate if they can't. I'll Just like even with you and I, I said, oh, you know, I'm going to be at a hotel today. I'm 90% sure we're on for the interview. Though if not, I give people plenty of heads up notice. And so the same is true with my colleagues and the people I collaborate with. We increase pressure. So if somebody doesn't fulfill on something, I get curious and I say, oh, Dama, remember we said we were going to meet at this time on this day. I noticed we weren't there. What happened? Is there anything you want to share with me? Is there anything you needed that did I not give you the right Zoom link? So I check in because reactivity, half the time, I don't know how it is for any of you or you, Damla, but half the time when we become reactive, it was my fault in the first place. I don't know if you've ever had that happen. It's like you're frustrated, somebody didn't show up, and you go back and you notice it went to the wrong email or you sent the wrong Zoom link, or maybe there was a follow-up we forgot. So I think part of the process of collaborating with people, actually the big process of partnering with anybody, and this is true of my husband and I as well, is communication. Partnership is about going, as Allison taught me, through a process of clarification, oh, and getting curious, and then being open to what Allison calls positive resistance. So if maybe we made an agreement and one of us has to break it or one of us has a different opinion, to be open to positive resistance, which is different than judgment or criticism. Mm, I like that. I think, I mean, one of the reasons I asked this is my Saturn in the ninth house in Virgo up there in my birth chart. Oh. I don't know if you're familiar, but I, I do like me punctual, responsible people who do what they say they're going to do in general. Those are my favorite kind of people. And then I'm very loyal with, with those people who consistently show up. Um, but I hear you in what you mentioned, that open flexibility, like the timing, interestingly, isn't like I, I just had a client who is wanting to schedule something on Friday or for one reason or other, like it you know, conflicted with something with me and we're not able to schedule it. And I, I know that that's, if we don't meet, that's means we are meant to meet sometime, some other time that's going to be more beautiful, more potent, more powerful. So um, 
definitely flexibility with that. Um, I think though, for, for me, at least I do love people who respond to my emails <laughs> that have a professional tone that is not demeaning or demanding. And there needs to be some sort of professionalism there, even in the healing world. From yeah, absolutely. So if I was the same way in my recruiting company, I did not tolerate any job seekers or clients speaking unwell to somebody in either capacity. If it was a job seeker being rude to a client or a client being rude to a job seeker, either way they'd be fired in my books. So you had three strikes and you were out. So the first time, let's say somebody's a jerk by email, you know what, we all have tough days. I've been there, I've sent, like I've learned how to quote unquote soften my emails over the course of 10 years of working with brilliant coaches and mentors. Though you give people the benefit of the doubt, maybe they really, you never know what happened in somebody else's life. So the first time somebody's a jerk, you get curious. You say, oh, you know what? I saw you missed that. Is everything okay? And, and sometimes there are extenuating and sometimes it is a pattern in which case you need to cut the tie. And sometimes if somebody's being a jerk, they had, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. If they're accountable for it, great. Give them the benefit of the doubt. If somebody is really, I had this happen actually with somebody in the last year who was just rude and inappropriate and didn't discuss things, I just said, listen, with all the love of my heart, there was absolutely zero judgment. It wasn't like you're bad or wrong. I just said, oh, it seems like we're not a, a good energetic fit. I wish you all the best. Here are some great resources for you to be you know, where you need to be in life, though I'm not the best resource for you. That was always my go-to, is if I met, I was interviewing a new client, I just would sometimes say, you know what? I don't think I'm the best resource for you. Here's a wonderful resource for you, because there's always a fit for somebody out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great, great way to put it to um to direct the flow somewhere else, if you will, if you yeah. encounter something that's not fitting your energy. You mentioned teachers and mentors, and you mentioned being in retreat with Dr. Deepak Chopra, who I love. I know that you're someone who's had um, and I think you're you're a thought leader as well, but you also had uh, and I should say, <laughs> also had this um, incredible journey of being with, like physically or in energy, you know, in, in interview with um, extraordinary thought leaders. What do you observe the most in them? Like some common traits. And then what have you been learning from them lately? Yeah, great question. I'm so grateful that so many people I consider friends are thought leaders. And it is a responsiveness rather than a reactiveness. Though Deepak did say something brilliant in the retreat uh, the other day. And he said, you know, people think, <laughs> I remember him saying this, he was like so animated. He's funny if you get to know him. Uh, he said, people think that you need to be positive all the time. He's like, would you want to be around somebody positive all the time? That's exhausting. He's like, no, you have to be okay that sometimes people are going to be negative and just not become, I forget his exact words, I'd have to check my notes, not become entrenched in it, is to allow the humanness. Whether This is why I think that no matter who I connect with, whether it's a famous thought leader or somebody I'm sitting next to on a plane or just a conversation with anybody in day-to-day -day life, I treat everybody the same. And I think that the thought leaders that I've met with and I've had an opportunity to work with, I was with Bruce Lipton a couple of weeks ago. What a sweetheart. I got to spend two weekends learning and spending time with him. And he's just a beautiful soul. Bruce is different. Do you know Bruce Lipton's work at all? Yeah. 
he is just like a cheerful, he's like a grandpa Santa Claus. He just is like the Santa Claus of science. <laughs> he's just joyful. You know, it's this, Deepak always says, uh, joyful uh, state of being. There's some word, joyful energetic body, I think is what he says. And I think that they're all not that different from you or I. I think that anybody I've met, whether it's Greg Braden, Deepak, Jude, Bruce, Roland, any of them, we're all human. We all have great wisdom to share. And I think the secret sauce that makes people like Deepak or Bruce or Greg amazing human beings and also great teachers is that they're, they're not afraid of the general public putting them down. Greg, uh, Greg was telling me a funny story uh, he shared a couple of weeks ago when we were in France and once before on a, a group call I facilitated for him that he once went to get on an interview with somebody in New York and the person just laced into him to say, Greg, what right do you have to be talking about evolution? Your background is as a geologist and Greg, and this is how the podcast or the radio interview started. So Greg says to the guy, oh, well, do you know how Darwin started his career? And the guy said, no. And he said he was a geologist. And the interviewer <laughs> hung up on him. <laughs> and Deepak was sharing something similar too recently. He was sharing about, where I'm trying to remember the story or instance, but he said somebody completely, oh, that's right. I think it was, he was sharing something about maybe it was the creators of, or the Nobel Prize laureate for something or other. And Deepak reached out and said, hey, you know, I'd love to chat with you about this because I actually have philosophies on consciousness and I think we could collaborate on this. And the person said, no, I think you're completely off base and I'm not unwilling to speak with you. And so being able to move forward in the face of no agreement, being able to be tenacious and persevere, even when people put you down. I mean, Elon Musk, love him or hate him, you know, many people have put him down for a variety of things and yet he's still persevered. And so that would be my recommendation to take out of the pages of any of these brilliant thought leaders, Dame here, my friend Roland. Roland went through a similar thing, Dr. Roland McCready at um, HeartMath. Brilliant, brilliant man. He started off in superfoods. And it's funny now that I'm saying this out loud and seeing all the beautiful parallels that do weave through each of their stories. Roland was trying to do a spirulina, I think. He had a company because spirulina could could literally save the world from the food crisis that we face with people going through starvation because it's an easy, quick way. Yet because certain companies didn't like it, they squashed that project he had when he could have solved world hunger. Did that stop him? No, he went on to go to HeartMath and do great work with Joe Dispenza and Greg and all these other great guys. So I think the lesson really that we can all take away from any of these brilliant thought leaders and the lesson I've learned in my own life is you're gonna get told no. You're going to have people who put you down, who might bash you on social media or disagree with the way you live your life. And can you stand in your authentic truth, no matter what is being said about you or who tells you no? That I don't know. That just really hit me with that. Mm, I love, I love that. Um, and uh, I mean, it's a little bit like, finding your own deep comfort with yourself and with your work that that other person's attack or that other person's um, opinion 
cannot dislodge you from within yourself. Something like that is what I'm hearing in what you say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's about standing in your authentic truth and knowing you have the freedom and the ability to do that. I mean, it's it's powerful. Yeah. Um, tell us about your your new authentic um effort and offering into the world om heals you talked a little bit about it i know that it is um a service that uh connects healers to um people who might be looking for healers but what does it mean to you to be in service to other healers because that's essentially what you're doing is you're connecting them to the world um how did that come about and how do you see that service evolving Om Heals, uh, I owe all the credit to Moon Show, my dear friend and co-founder who originally co-founded the company with me, brilliant YouTube influencer. And she came up with the idea of doing this. And I just was like, I was living in Paris. I'd sold my last company. I was eating croissants and going on five-hour walks with my dog and husband. And then one day she's like, yeah, let's build this company together. And I was like, God, you want me to do this? <laughs> and next thing you know, we wind up building this together along with Julian Adler, my dear friend and other co-founder. And it's, it's so important because it's not, it's part of it is supporting the healers. I have been a devotee myself of energy medicine, Reiki, acupuncture, massage. Every week I get a massage every week, acupuncture once or twice a month, osteopath once or twice a month, energy healing two to three times a week. And it doesn't always have to be expensive. I will do a shout out right now for two other brilliant uh, websites that offer free energy medicine. This is my long-term goal is to be able to do what these other organizations are doing. One is affiliated with my dear friend Shakti Durga out of Australia. She has a wonderful organization that offers free energy healing. You need to have her on this program. She's wonderful. It's called the WBI.org. So Walter Boy um, Indigo, the WBI Wellbeing Initiative is what that stands for. Anybody around the world can apply and receive up to 10 free healing. Sometimes you can even receive more and it has transformed people's lives. And she pays the healers, which is even better. She's bringing energy medicine, she's helping people. So I'm very lucky to be able to collaborate with her. And the other one is called Healing Team Six. I don't know their website, let me Google it for you. Um, let me go here. Cause for me, Healing Team Six, I think is what they're called. Uh, oh, there we go. The website is Co-Heal Team 6, which it came out of a Joe Dispenza group. I haven't, I'm vetting them in the near future, so I'll keep you posted and your listeners on the how it goes, though they came out of a Joe Dispenza group. So I say this because it's not for me about om-heals.com. It's about a movement that allows every person in the whole wide world to have access to inner peace, happiness, joy, physical health and well-being. I mean, it really lights up my heart. So what we do that's different than 90% of the other platforms out there is we actually match people. We found out the threshold of what person A can tolerate from person B. And we've measured that across over about 600, well over 600 people now. And we found out what makes a good energetic match which is why we wound up spitting out the SAS version of it to help people with that aspect. That's beautiful. Thank you for, I mean, you're 
connecting me with other people and our listeners already. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, it's, I know there's more than enough to go around. There are so many wonderful, even when I was in the recruiting business, I would get calls from job seekers or clients. And if I thought I, even if I thought I could help, I would still refer people to other clients because you either really truly believe we live in an abundant universe or you believe we live in a scarcity one. So I live in a world where I don't care who brings energy medicine to the world. I, if it's me, great, I'm happy to do it. If not, I have a hundred other things I can do. I just wanna be sure that everyone has access to these tools for their own well being, because it breaks my heart. Like if I get ill a few weeks ago, I didn't feel well and I had two, three weeks straight of travel, I texted my favorite healer who it turned out, she I'd been working with her for 14 years, backtrack, we cross-check our own algorithm. She's my top healer, of course, on our own algorithm. So it was just funny that the math turned out that way. And she healed me within 24 hours, 48 hours, I was back to feeling well, I could be on planes. And so I'm very grateful that I have resources like this. And the great thing is, you can find these healers around the world. There are free ones like the WBI and the Healing um, Team 6 one. There's our platform that has people from ranging from $30 an hour to, I think, uh, several hundred or several thousand dollars an hour and everything in between. So there's someone for everyone out there. And we all have access to receiving the health and wholeness that we deserve. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to create this podcast is I'm a healer but I love hearing the different um not just the modalities but different perspectives different stories and there's a tremendous amount of wisdom just from just hearing people's stories and how they look at life and healing and um I think that's very very valuable I personally cannot heal every I mean I haven't tried yet but <laughs> it seems like it's such a big Thing to do but together we can we can get a little bit more done so definitely um your work too as a healer I think it's so important yeah and and one of the resources I offer people is I have a healing membership which is very very affordable um and there are elements in there that closely mirror what I offer in my private sessions so people can get to the healings when and where they need it um so what are you learning right now, Jennifer, in your personal and professional life that is like the next level of evolution? You're not quite there yet, maybe, but you're pushing the limit a little bit. What is that thing in your in your life that is coming up? For me, it's patience. And uh, it was interesting. One of the things Deepak brought up, which I had never even considered before, as he said, we are living in a time of time sickness. We all feel like we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time with our family. We don't have enough time at work. We don't have enough relax or vacation time, right? And the way Deepak explained it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Bricks. He said, it's time sickness, Jennifer. We are all struggling with time sickness. And what that means is we have this limited perception. If you studied, um, oh my gosh, Hakeem, uh, Deepak and I always reference them in the episodes we do. Space time as a construct is no longer in the next two to three years, probably even less than that. I have friends uh, like Don Hoffman, who've done a lot of episodes where, who's working on mathematical formulas for consciousness. Space time as a construct 
cannot be the basis of reality. I think science has known this for 10 or 15 years now. However, nobody has come up with a new construct from which the universe can emerge. Our friend Don Hoffman, we were talking about this a few months ago, and he said, Jen, you know, space-time pops out of, uh, out of the mathematical formula he created for consciousness as an artifact, which is like, what? That's amazing. So it means like where we got to, space-time had to show up as an artifact in order to get us where we are, though we still act as though, you know, obviously there's a time we show up for an interview. There's a time we go to bed, a time we wake up though sometimes we can become so fixated on time that it can cause stress and illness and dis-ease. And so for me, that is really my greatest opportunity for growth is to expand my time, to expand our time, to expand the idea of time so that how can we still be in agreement of a timeliness that allows us to work within this confines and construct of what we consider space-time and simultaneously free ourselves from the limitations that cause us the stress and disease. Does that make sense? That might've been very complicated. <laughs> yes. At the same time, I mean, how does impatience play into this for you? What are you impatient with in your daily life? Oh God, God bless my husband. <laughs> I love my husband. So he, God sent him to me. He was the perfect man to send to me. And he sent him to me because my husband is in the moment. Wherever he is, that is where he is. He is not the moment before, and he'll even tell you this, he is not a moment after worrying about the future. He is with you in the moment. That does not go well when we are like, I'm like, honey, you know, there is this thing that we committed to, like we have to be back at this time. And so it's beautiful because I'll even have the wisdom and the insight in this moment, like, okay, let go of the need for time. Will we survive it if we're 10 minutes late to this or that? And granted, he has gotten much better, but he's so in the moment. And I admire that so much with him. And yet there are times where I allow myself to get hooked, is what I would call it, by this idea of being late. And I can trace it back. I'm clear on the root belief and where it came from with my father when we were younger. And if we were late, we would get in trouble. And so I can pinpoint all of that. And yet still, it's a limiting belief that I have yet to be able to unwind and transform. I love that. Well, it's funny. My my husband is my patient point too, because, um, well, my impatience point is has been, and it still is. Great job, by the way. Patient. Great pivot right there. I heard right. you doing that. Is to uh, mine is technology. So let's say the remote control isn't working instead of just waiting I'd be like click 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 let me click some more so it's not working it's stuck maybe it'll work now that I clicked it like 15,000 times so he just patiently takes the remote from my hand just you know shuts down turns it on again and you know magically it works when you wait for it to power up actually um or I might have like a million tabs open <laughs> on my laptop and things freeze and I'm like I'm calling out to him in the house um but I hear you I think part of that is the impatience is I think for you and I or people like us like we can see not perhaps necessarily about getting to the next appointment or getting your computer to work again but for me sometimes the impatience is like I can see 
where someone can be so clearly or where humanity can be so clearly in my mind and heart. And sometimes I get really, you know, frustrated and that we're not there yet. And that's the Aquarius in me. I'm like, I, I see it where we are, we can be going. Like, why don't, why don't we get there already? Or something like that. Does that ring true to you? That kind yeah, of, absolutely. it's like, aha, it's like, why can't we get there? Why can't we get there as fast as the speed of light? We have all this technology. Let's just boom. We can do this people. Yes. Yeah. Yet we continue to practice our, our gifts. Um, um, you with your gift of connecting and me with my gifts of continually evolving understanding of healing um, we we try to do our our part um, I want to finish with this has been wonderful and I'm going to include links to Om Heals um, and you have another uh, program called Vocal Mastery for Leaders and um I'll include some information about and your Instagram where you share daily tips. But I want to ask you as the last parting question, what would you say to that uh, 15, 16 year old version of you now? It's really as simple as I love you and you deserve to be loved. You know, I think that we think we have to do something and that was what really got me caught in a loop for most of my young adult life is thinking that if I did the right thing, that would be, make me lovable. That if I, you know, if I got straight A's or if I dressed the right way, or if I said the right thing, those things would make me lovable. Though, if I could just look in her eyes and say, I love you, I cherish you, you deserve to be loved and you are loved. And that's what I think we can all tell ourselves that some of the work that Arthur Samuel Joseph and I do in Vocal Mastery for Leaders is teaching people to go to the mirror every day and say, I love you. You might cry, you might look away, you might not believe it, though that is transformational. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And thank you for all the beautiful connecting and thought-provoking work that you do in the world. Thanks. Oh, thank you, my friend. It was such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Conversations with Healers. If this episode spoke to you in any way, please leave a review or comment, like or love it, and share it with others in your life. This is a true soul love project from my heart to yours. I really appreciate your help in spreading the word. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and check out other episodes to listen to some extraordinary healing stories and advice. Have a beautiful and wonderful day.